Hello and welcome to a new episode of the G6 Podcast. The G6 Podcast. Coming up today, you can find out more about what we've been up to in the news. We'll also be discussing the state of the industry. And because we're discussing it, you'll probably know that the state is not a very good state. But we also have some good news, which is that we have a new member joining us. Last episode, we said goodbye to Sam, and today we welcome Alistair Austin, our new second countertenor. The news. We come to you from sunny Scotland, where we are performing our Secret Bird project for the Lammermuir Festival. We thought we'd take time out of our not-so-busy schedule, uh, we played a lot of cricket this morning, to uh, really just talk about what we've been up to over the summer. Sorry not to speak to you during that time, but actually, uh, we've been fairly busy, haven't we, yeah, Mike? Things, things got away with us, didn't you? I think the last episode we did was William Bird-focused, so it's, it's nice to still be doing stuff about William Bird this year. We're doing Secret Bird number five, something like that. It's difficult to tell because we do two a night. We do two so. a night, yeah, exactly. But Apart from that one where we did one a night, so it's always now going to be an odd number. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, I'm going to say five. Okay. More, maybe more. But we're deep in Secret Bird anyway, which is delightful. <laughs> um, we last spoke to you about that project. It's, I think gained an even more exciting uh, level of permutations. We've had a few priests since then, which has been interesting. Yeah. Joseph, we have, didn't we, Joe? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, I had I had the challenge of playing the priest role in Abingdon, wasn't it? Um, my voice wasn't working particularly well that day, so we had to do all sorts of jiggery-pokery. Um, uh, Owen ended up singing my part, which was incredibly impressive. So apparently our worst gig ever was the time when I also sang Joseph's part. Yes, but so I think since then I've <laughs> I've learned <laughs> how to use my falsetto. Well, the question is, either Owen's voice. got a lot better or <laughs> Joseph's got a lot worse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dis- you decide. But no, it was, it was quite good fun. You played the priest very well. I really enjoyed it, actually. And we, you, you've also played the priest I and have. recently um, been singing the bass part. Yes. Um, so it, it's been, for us both... Really wonderful to get a few different angles of the project um, it is, over the it past is few months. remarkable how different it feels um, coming at it from different roles. And I can only imagine for the audience, their experience of it is so different depending on where they're sat or stood, whether some of them are now at the table. Because what we've done recently, Bill Barkley, the director, has been to the US and brought back with him lots of different ideas because obviously he's workshopped the performance out there. In fact, he played the priest uh, when you were ill as well. Yes. Um, and then we've had uh, a new priest more recently, but we're going to get down, down we'll to that get in a minute, on, we'll won't get we? On yeah. to him. We're not going to reveal who no our new spoilers. No. That's the, that's the wonderful thing about an immersive um, concert experience, just what we say at the start of the show, uh, to our audience members. But it, because you basically, what, you can come to it a second time and experience a totally different side of it. Um, mm. And we have had lots of people come back a second time yeah. and experienced a, a totally different. Um, side to it so, so it's wonderful so plenty more of them in the diary to look forward to but over the summer uh, we were doing lots of wonderful and varied things and some things for the first time including our debut at the BBC Proms Hello, hello welcome to the next of the BBC Chamber Proms which this year are all coming from different locations around the United Kingdom and this afternoon, as you can hear, it's a very warm welcome to Aberystwyth in Ceredigion. The Jesualdo Six are here at the Aberystwyth Arts Centre with their music director. That was quite exciting. It was wasn't cracking, it? wasn't it? I mean, um, it's a wonderful music festival. It's something which has been part of my life as long as I've been listening to classical music. And it was 
really nice to dip our toes into that particular water and it's nice to see it in such rude health as well i think something we'll do later on is have a bit of a bit of a chat about the wider state the classical music industry because i think there's there's a lot of dialogue going on at the moment about kind of the relationship of the modern freelancer and what that means there's an interesting uh, survey commission recently by the mu which came out i mean as we're recording this podcast came out yesterday mm. kind of talking about what life is like financially and kind of socially for a modern musician and i think that we need to have those conversations as freelance artists and not be not do that very british thing and be afraid to talk about kind of where we are what's going on what we need to do yeah so actually at this point it's probably worth saying the focus of today's episode is kind of threefold one to to catch everyone up on what we've been up to and the places we've been and who we've met uh, the second thing is to talk about the the way that we find ourselves at the moment in the industry, there's lots of um, surveys um, and lots of funding issues that have come to light quite recently. So we're going to discuss those. And then we're going to very excitingly welcome our newest member. Yes, Alistair Austin. He's actually sat in the room. He's been very quiet at the moment. (laughs) Wave to everyone, Ali. There you go, he's waving. (laughs) So if if we start at the top, what have we been up to this summer, apart from the BBC Proms, Joe? Keep it brief. Well, we, it's been lovely to have a sort of season end and a season start. We haven't had that very very much in the Just World of Six. Um, it's been lovely to have a bit of time off uh, in August. Um, we all had a couple of weeks holiday, which is delightful. I went to Italy myself, uh, had a lovely time. Um, always good to recharge the batteries. And actually, the BBC Proms concert at the end of July was the sort of last thing of the season. So it was a real sort of crescendo towards that. Um, and we did lots of secret bird performances in July and trips to Lithuania, um, our yeah, debut first in Lithuania. Time in Lithuania. Yeah. Kaunas and Vilnius, yeah. both beautiful cities. Wonderful. And Great some festival. lovely concerts in France. We ha- mm. we, we're we very lucky to have very many lovely concerts in France. And we had some more to do recently. Very warm concerts in France, yeah. though, weren't yeah. they? Well, very warm concerts recently in the UK as well. September it's heatwave. It's one time when we're very grateful for the fact that most of the French abbeys are falling down yeah. <laughs> because actually they remain remarkably cool yes. Yes, I wish true. they could air condition their hotels though it's when you, you know, you've done a long day big concert, you yeah. get back you're a sweaty mess and yes. then you're like oh I'm going to have to stay a sweaty mess for yes. the next six I'm hours. sorry sir, there's no ice left yeah. <laughs> ah, okay, never mind good try. But yeah. it's been a wonderfully busy time yeah. and um, it, very, very nice to come back, start the season off um, as Mike said earlier, with some more secret birds. So we're currently in Scotland at the Lanamere Festival, um, which is in a, a town called Haddington. And it's just a little bit colder as well. Uh, it is. Which is very yeah, refreshing. That, that is delightful. It means we, when we're bowling, we get a few more overs in, yeah. essentially, because the muscles have got time <laughs> yeah, to recharge. That's it. Yeah, that's it. So uh, as well as uh, being in Scotland at the moment, over the summer, a couple of other things to bring your attention to. We made uh, another recording. There's lots of exciting stuff in the pipeline for us in that regard. Of course, we released our bird disc recently, and there's another one coming out. On the 3rd of November, you can look forward to Morning Star, uh, which is a festive release. So it has to come out before Christmas, but really the repertoire focuses on Epiphany. So the time after Christmas when people's trees are still up uh, through to Candlemas. So there's plenty wonderful music. Please buy the disc and then just don't listen to it for two months to get the authentic experience. 
The other thing that we ought to say about discs is that our recordings have recently become available on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, on streaming. Uh, it's a big departure for us. Well, it's something that we, uh, the industry has kind of got used to, but we in that little corner with um, Hyperion and a couple of other uh, labels haven't had that exposure or that experience so far. So it's something new for us. And it all sort of came about, I mean, Hyperion have been talking about it for a while, but they, it's come about because uh, Universal acquired Hyperion as, as sort of part of their um, portfolio of record labels and so that means for us that well, I think we're you know we're, we're doing well in terms of the reach and we sell quite a lot of discs thank you for buying our discs and listening to them um, but what this does is it brings us right into the 21st century and puts us on a par with kind of pretty much everyone else yes uh, 23 years into the century we're there yeah um, we are there it's exciting and kind of we we don't know what that journey is going to go on really so we're excited to see where that goes yep. yes. we're just going to Keep making CDs because we like doing it. Lots of, bird, lots of, go on, sorry. The bird disc became available uh, when it came out, uh, so that was a couple of months ago. Uh, Morningstar will be available when that's released. And actually, the thing we're really looking forward to is every other album that we've made coming out on the 29th of September. So that's uh, all six other albums mm. at that moment, from English Motets through to Lux Eterna. You can listen to them all. Look out! We'll do some. We'll do some playlists of because I I, yes. I want to put together a playlist of my favourite tracks from our discs. I think that would be a really maybe nice we could we could do that. And we're, we're thinking about potentially putting together some vinyl as well. Ooh, hello. G six on LP. I've I've literally only heard that here first. That's very exciting. Yeah, well, we like cool. exclusives on the podcast <laughs> uh, <laughs> to the members as well. I could say anything at this you point. You could, yeah, yeah exactly. I'm going to hold you to that. Uh, no, no, I'll just record. cut it out. It's fine. <laughs> Lots of other artists are, are used to having their stuff up on streaming, and we're just getting used to getting all the stats through and we, we do know that people have been listening to us on Spotify we get get, get a few sort of stats through don't we in that's an many, amazing stat you just did there Joseph we're in the many, people in the have many, been listening to us on Spotify in the many thousands which is which is very exciting and those of us uh, those of you that listened to our last podcast episode will know that Sam has left us and he was always stats man Sam he, he was, was so maybe Joe you should take over the data stats. Yes, uh. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. have you actually got any stats no, no, no exactly. well, that's okay So as we were up here in Scotland, some news broke about the fact that the festival that we're currently performing at had their funding cut, basically, as we're here. As Mike has pointed out already, we often don't talk about this kind of thing, um, and it does affect us. And actually, we've seen it by working with some established industry uh, people, including Fretwork, who we're here collaborating with. They saw things as they, they used to be and the landscape has changed yeah. uh, and it's generally not changed in a positive way. No, so I think, you know, if you look, this whole year has been massively representative of that with this, the whole shenanigans with the BBC Singers mm -hmm. and previous stuff with Arts Council uh, England, so all of, all of the stuff with the English National Opera. Like, you see that people still, when shouting about it, do have a material voice in these things and, you know, the singers are sat there now programmed going forwards and as an integral part and a very successful part of the proms which you look at the figures which have just been released about the BBC proms they've had one of their most successful 
something like half of the people were at prom for the first time. That's fantastic for them. Yeah, we see, and every event, I mean, you look at that, so you've got 93% average main attendance in the hall. Yeah. Um, there's a million people watching the first night of the proms live on BBC Two, strongest since 2009. Yeah. And a peak of three and a half million people watching the last night of the prom yeah. on prime time BBC One. So yeah, that's what you want, it, isn't it? Yeah, it can work, but you've got to put it in front of people. Absolutely. Right? And kind of not. I think I, I slightly worry that the audience and performers of classical music are so afraid of what we do being dumbed down for a general audience that can, it can almost come across as quite gatekeepy and snobby. Mm -hmm. I, think that, I think the BBC coverage of the proms this year treaded a very fine line and did it very well yeah. at realising that, to be honest, you, you're going to watch it and you, most people who are watching it, switch it on, aren't necessarily going to be intimately familiar with what's going on. Just as if I'm watching the snooker, I'm not, you know, you don't attuned. Know how, yes. I'm not watching three Ronnie's minutes ahead. Gone over the last exactly, three exactly. Series, yeah. And I want someone to explain it to me like that. Yeah. And I think that sometimes, sometimes you can feel that the attitude of the wider classical music world is that that kind of dumbing down. I hear people complaining about it all the time about BBC Radio Three becoming more classic FM inverted commas. I think there's really a place for that for people because otherwise, all you're catering for is an audience who already listen to something. You're preaching to the choir. And I suppose that people might be saying that because Sam Jackson, who's the new controller of yeah. Radio 3, was for a time... Classic FM, yeah. FM, exactly, uh, um, and also at various record labels. And he says in a quote about the BBC Proms, he's particularly pleased to see so many young people coming to classical music, often for the very first time. Yeah. That, I mean, that's something to be excited about. Absolutely. There were 70,000 Promers, and those wow. tickets are... You, I mean, you can't do anything cheaper, really. No, no, no that's true. You know, at, at the moment. Yeah, but you know, I mean, that the problem is a happy story this summer. The Lammermuir stuff is the Lammermuir stuff is bad. Yeah, so, right. so it, bad. essentially, um, that the festival here uh, runs over a, a couple of weeks and has uh, a wonderful track record of supporting artists and putting on some fantastic uh, concerts in sort of uh, fairly remote locations mm. uh, and, and covers a wide economy. area. That's the thing. Yes. You know, we're in Haddington, but it yeah. covers the whole of the kind of East Lothian. Um, I think it's something north of fifty venues. Precisely, and and it, they say that they provide work for three hundred. 150 musicians every September with many Scottish ensembles represented yeah. and, and essentially what's happened uh, is that Creative Scotland have had to pull uh, their funding so it's £80,000 which is only 10% of the value that the festival is estimated to bring to the local economy yeah. and of course now Creative Scotland uh, is a body but it's also people and yep. people have had to make that decision yeah, yeah. and obviously they're doing that for very difficult reasons um, but then you have to question what's behind that. And it's yeah. the same with the Arts Council as well. What's behind these cuts? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure we've necessarily got an answer to that. I mean, absolutely not. I mean, I find, I don't, I don't think it's a particularly controversial thing to say about the Arts Council England stuff that I found some of the decisions, the one which I really can't get to grips with is, is defunding the Britain Symphonia. Yeah. If, if you are concerned that and it's a non-government, you know, it's an NGO which effectively has its hands tied by the by the attitudes of the current government, who are committed to, or are, you know, are saying they are committed manifestoly to a levelling up agenda. Why they defund the East of England's premier chamber orchestra seems seems odd to me. Yes, with no kind of reasons given, really. No, exactly. You know, Britain, you know, to the extent where you know they have not managed to find stuff to, you know, they've had to alter their season. They've yep. had, you know, yep. they're really concerned about it. And yeah, I just, I just, I find that slightly worrying because you can't just go to the English National Opera and say, please move somewhere else, 
and build up the level of community engagement which the Britain Symphonia has carefully cultivated over decades no. in an area. That's the thing, no. you know, they're not just performing in Cambridge or somewhere like that. They're in Cambridge, they're in Saffron Hall, they're in Norwich, mm, they're yeah. all over. And, and like they said about moving um, yeah. various companies uh, into different places, you, you can move things. Yeah. Um, but it would be like saying, well, we're going to build houses here, but we're going to take all of the houses from this place and put them there. So you, you're not replacing in, in this. It just makes no sense. Well, Rattle was very good, wasn't he, at the, at the Barbican when um, the BBC singers, he asked the BBC singers to come and do Figure Men, the Poulonk work at the end of Marla 7, I think it was. And, uh, yeah, Rattle was absolutely fantastic on the subject. And he, he spoke about the direction of travel and the prevailing attitudes. And I think you can sort of see that in other areas as well, whether it's the green agenda or, like, what what's happening with the rivers or whatever it is. It's sort of a... It's, it's a whole load of people in the industry trying to roll a ball up a hill while the, the kind of prevailing attitude at the top is trying to push it back down again. That's very difficult. And, and we've talked about uh, a major festival, we've talked about major uh, funding bodies, but actually what it comes down to as well is the people on the ground uh, and, the, uh, and the musicians. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. And the Musicians' Union released a report yesterday about freelancers and um, uh, kind of focusing on the financial side of it, which I think is an interesting uh, view to take. And they interviewed thousands of 6,000, I think, something yeah. like that. And here are their key findings. Um, self-employed women, over 85% of whom have caring responsibilities, including mothers, reported a pay penalty of £8,000, earning the least at £12,000 compared to £20,000 for freelance men. But even if we're talking about the average income, £20,000 is, you know, that's covering a huge range of people. So most of those people will be having to get income from doing other things that's as well. That's well, we're saying the average income is £13,000 less than the average wage in the UK, yeah. which yeah. is so, so, the, so then, then the question becomes kind of, what is a freelance full-time musician and... Uh, what does a portfolio career look like and that sort of thing, which are all things that we faced so, at various And I think time. it was interesting, that's the thing which I can't see in the study, and I would be interested in that, is actually what are those people, on average, who've responded to it, putting through their tax returns every year? Mm. What are their earnings, actually, on a form? What percentage of their career are they making through music? I think they did make a mention of that because they, they had that statistic because they were... They, they had, there were some of the interesting other stats on the gender pay gap was the very bottom end mm. was largely predominantly male, yeah. but that for those people, they were making a very small proportion of their income through music. Yep. So, you know, it's, it is more likely that as a man, you might do music as a smaller side hustle as part of a larger career. So the, the other findings in terms of um, what, what kind of looking at more full-time people is that uh, 40% of respondents are thinking of leaving their careers in music which has got to be heartbreaking for us and then further down here we have two-thirds of respondents revealed that income from music never or rarely covers unexpected costs you know especially with Brexit and with Covid and things like that these things are becoming more and more fragile and it doesn't take very much to upset the apple cart for everything to fall off the kind of the sustainability track. No, and I, I think we'll see more of these kind of reviews as people start to tell the story a little yeah. bit more about this. And, and we become more open and honest about everything because we need to in order to make change. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and the thing at the end of the day, you know, we are fundamentally an, an art which sells tickets to do things. And 
we need to remember that and need to remember that we have an audience who care about it, but we also have an audience who don't yet care about it. And I think that those success stories should be celebrated. But also, you need that healthy performing infrastructure to then build the education around it and things like that. Like, yeah. you can't go into schools and do all of the work to be like, singing's great, it's brilliant, it's well worth doing just for the sake of it, but also, you know, you're doing it to have a career and then remove the career. Remove the career, exactly. So, joining us today on the G6 podcast, I am delighted to welcome good friend and colleague and trumpeter, Matilda Lloyd. Hello, Matilda. Hello, Owen. Hi. We can't see each other today, but we can just hear each other. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's nice to hear your voice. And I'll be seeing you all very soon. So I'm really looking forward to that. That's true. Where are you calling in from today? I am ringing in from my home in Berlin. Having been a UK musician, but moved. Do you, do you want to tell us a little bit more about why that might be? Yes. So I moved to Germany in November 2020. Um as a result, Very brave. yeah, as, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not the easiest time to move during a global no. pandemic, but it was, <laughs> I can say with 100% certainty that it was a direct result of Brexit that led me to Germany because I wanted to move here so that I could get my German residency and keep the rights of um, freedom of movement and freedom of work within the UK, uh, sorry, within the EU. So yeah. that's why I live in Germany. And I was on Instagram uh, earlier, and we've been having a chat about the kind of the general state of play of the music industry in the UK recently. A few things, you know, uh, have come to light. And actually, you recorded a video, and I thought, well, well, this is the perfect time just to have a chat about that. As somebody who moved away for sort of economic, uh, political, um, and maybe ideological reasons, I, I, I don't know. But do you want to tell us a bit more about um, the, the video you recorded and, and how you're feeling about things at the moment? Yes, absolutely. I mean, recently this week, we've had another round of funding cuts. Um, the Lammermuir Festival in Scotland, which I performed at in 2020, and I think you boys performed at this year or you have been multiple times yeah we've, we've just been yeah there. exactly it's an absolutely beautiful festival they bring world-class artists from all over the world to a very small beautiful region in Scotland and the thought that that festival might not be able to continue in the future is absolutely horrifying um so that plus this new musician census that also came out this week really sort of spurred me on to make a video just highlighting the fact that this is the reality that UK musicians are facing. Um, one of the most sort of shocking headlines from that census was the fact that almost half of UK professional working musicians are earning less than £14,000. And I just wanted to sort of highlight the fact that to those of us that have been working musicians in the UK, this is not a shocking headline. This is not something that's surprising. This is something that most of us myself including have faced over the last few years yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's not a great position to be in is it and of course there are notable exceptions to that sort of rule but that's the thing about averages isn't it it paints a picture for us of the general state of play and, and for the majority of people they have to look elsewhere to sustain themselves especially when you start to consider that some people have families um earning 14,000 in an economy with inflation that you know hovering around 10% uh, is just not going to work um so so yeah i i, I think 
you, you know you're, you're doing a, a wonderful job of, of highlighting that how are things where you live in germany is it similar or, or are things a little bit different i think that definitely um the cost of living has risen even just in the last two three almost three years since i've been here things are more expensive however the amount that those things have risen by so i'm thinking um electricity bills rent food in the supermarkets it's not um it's not comparable to the uk at the moment i mean my rent in berlin versus the rent that i had in london even three four years ago it's still less and that's even today after all of the costs have gone up well, we know that the system here is uh, is difficult, and it, it's you know that th- there are wonderful things about living in in London or or in other places around the UK. And you know, I've always felt very privileged to to live and work in some some of these places. But yeah, the, the point you make is is absolutely valid. You could do your job as a musician um, and live in in as beautiful and and sort of diverse and and rich as a, a city as Berlin. Um, but feel as though what you're bringing home actually can sustain you. And I, I imagine yeah. that's been quite a, a nice feeling. Absolutely. And on the sort of topic of families, for example, um, childcare in Germany is, I think, f- or possibly free or doesn't cost very much at all. Um, so that for working musicians is another factor. And things like public transport is really heavily subsidized by the government. They have now this 49 euro ticket, which covers all regional transport. So it excludes the sort of high speed, fast in intercity trains. But for your commute daily, for getting to concerts around Berlin or within Berlin, you know, the tubes, the trams, all of those things are all included within this 49 euros a month ticket which is extraordinary if you think about how much it costs to go even from my parents' house in Kent, 25 minutes on the train to London, you know? (laughs) Yeah, it's no fun at all. And also trying to book a train ticket is, uh, you need a a master's in in engineering to to get anywhere near the website. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. Um, But, but, uh, you know, it's a great success story what you've managed to um, achieve with your career having moved away from the UK but I'm pleased that you are coming back to us Uh, and in fact we're working together for a concert which is jointly promoted by King's Place and St Martin the Fields on the 12th of October that's our Radiant Dawn program and for listeners that haven't heard us work together or heard that program why why, why don't you tell them what what you might uh, what you might expect at that at that event Yeah, so, I mean, first of all, just to say that St Martin in the Fields is the most beautiful acoustic, I think, in the whole of London for for voices and for trumpet as well. I've performed there a few times with recitals and it is just an incredible place to play. So I really can't wait to hear our collaborative programme there with the combination of the voices and the trumpet. I think that the trumpet is such a vocal instrument and I love the fact that through our program Radiant Dawn, uh, I'm able to access some of this music that otherwise falls outside the scope of the standard trumpet repertoire. Um, so we have, we sort of go back in time to that to the Renaissance period and we have those sorts of early, the bird and the talus and pieces like that, where I'm able to sort of float over the top of the voices, which I absolutely yeah, love. Yeah. And then contrasting that with some of the more contemporary pieces, including our two commissions, which I'm really excited to bring to London. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah. So, um, and 
we have jointly commissioned a couple of works for the project from composers like Richard Barnard. He wrote Aura, which is just the most beautiful setting, and no doubt I'll, I'll be able to dig out a little audio file just to play yes. underneath this or something. It's a great piece and a fascinating poem as well by Emily Berry. Um, Listen to me, little water. I called you up believing something would arise. And you see on the page how it's separated in two. And Richard separates us in two as well. And you're, Matilda, in the middle. In the middle. Yeah. Yeah. And we experiment with different positions as well. And I think you're right about St. Martin in the Fields. It has the potential to, to work in all sorts of interesting and varied ways for the audience. So we really hope that people will come along to that. Um, what other projects are you up to in the UK and further afield at the moment? So my season is about to kick off and next week I will be going to Norway for the first oh, time, nice. which I'm really excited Excellent. about. Whereabouts? Uh, uh, to Stavanger. Stavanger? Stavanger? Yes, okay. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure how to say no, no, it yet, no. but I, I will know I can say Oslo and Trondheim week. and then everything else I, I, I really struggle <laughs> with. You'll you have a wonderful time there, no doubt. Absolutely, yeah. And then coming back to the UK at the beginning of October, I'm performing two concerts with the London Mozart players in Greyshot and then in the Fairfield Halls Ooh, in Croydon, lovely. which I'm really looking forward to. Um, I've recently been appointed one of their education ambassadors. Um, so... Alongside these these two concerts, I will also be um, presenting the concert, which I'm really looking forward to. So it's something I haven't done before. Wonderful. So, yeah. yeah. That's fantastic. Um, and what's your next recording that we can all listen out for? So I've got, two, I'm recording two projects before the end of this year. Um, one of them is a concertos disc that will be very, very exciting. So that won't, it actually won't, still won't come out for a long time, not until November next year. But my CD with the Britain Symphonia was released in May, and that one is a collection of Italian opera arias by Rossini, Bellini, Donizetti, and Pauline Viardo for Chandos Records. Mm. So that is out now. You can go and listen to that stream it buy it download it wherever you like to listen to your music awesome well we encourage everyone to do that and britain symphonia of course another organization affected by arts council cuts in recent months but still yeah. doing varied and wonderful things and all power to them and all power to you thanks for chatting matilda lovely to catch up my pleasure and see you see soon, you soon. So now we come to this portion of the podcast where we're very excited to introduce, for the first time on the G6 podcast, Ali, Ali Austin. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Thank you very much, guys. Yeah, Noel, it's very nice to have it's you a, on. It's a new experience for me. I've not yet podded. I listen to lots of podcasts, but not been, uh, not been in the hot seat before. Have you listened to the G6 podcast before? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to answer yes. that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, it's very nice to have you on. Um, how have you found your first few weeks in the group so far? I'll try and turn my ears off for any <laughs> negative feedback. <laughs> it's been great. Yeah, it's been really fun. The So, for the, I, I don't know, for, for those that uh, are keeping a very beady eye, they'll know that I did a couple of things in July. So we did the prom at the end of the month. Mm. So when I... So, sorry, I'll give you a bit of context. I, I've just graduated from university. So when I finished up there, I ended up uh, starting with G6, doing a few rehearsals, stuff like that, uh, all in, in anticipation of the prom at the end of the month. 
So I sort of had a bit of a, a, a dry run of things in July, and then now I'm, now I'm in proper. I'm here to stay. Yes. No, nice to have you in at the end of the season with Sam as well, which is Yeah, which is that lovely was nice. So actually over. the first thing I did was, uh, aside from rehearsals, was, was a recording of Agathos Campy by yes. Clemens, which was fun. And that was all seven of us. And that's on the new disc? It's going to be out next year, that recording. Okay. Um, but that was a, such a nice thing to do, um, an opportunity to do some seven-part music, which has been a while since we've done that. Actually, yes, we did, we did quite a lot of seven-part music for the first couple of years I was in the group, when Owen was kind of conducting slash bass slash a little bit of counter-tenor when it came to more the jazzy numbers. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, we yes. had pieces such like kind of Sushi Bay Quasar Domine and one of my favourites, Lockwood Banto. But, yeah, we're, we're back to the six again. I've heard, I've heard a little bit. The guy and Ali sometimes have a little bit of a low bass off. We're trying to teach Ali to try and really bring I, I, I've said that one of my ambitions of being in this group is to learn how to sing baritone. I, I mean, it's truly <laughs> appalling at the moment. Uh, I don't know what I'm looking at you, Joseph. You can't sing baritone. I can't sing baritone. <laughs> <laughs> and we've been enjoying your prowess on the cricket field as well, well I have to say. We, we had some excellent times on it uh, the, earlier this morning up in Lamamule. I, what I hadn't I mean, quite appreciated before joining this group was the uh, fanaticism for cricket. And I've found people that are yet more fanatical than I am, which is, which is impressive. So, yeah. Not always uh, better, I, I found just more fanatical. Home, yeah. Yeah, not always better. <laughs> what are you looking forward to coming up? And we're, we're quite busy coming up. But we're very busy, yeah. In fact, we were talking about this over the weekend, what's on the, on the horizon. And even just before Christmas, we've got loads of exciting things, namely going to the US for three weeks and then Europe for a couple of weeks before Christmas. So all that sort of stuff, the touring is... Something that we've I missed whilst at university because of COVID, yeah, and of course. Uh, looking forward to getting back into the swing of. So yeah. you, you caught you were caught in COVID in. Yeah, in so my first two terms were non-COVID. Okay. And then we were we were due to go to the states in March 2020, and <laughs> it, perfect it, plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was um, that was that was axed pretty pretty swiftly. Oh, that's that's a shame. Well, it'd be lovely to bring you out to the States and we're looking forward to heading back um, after a few months. Um, is it our fourth or fifth time? Fourth, isn't fourth it? Fourth time? Yeah. So it'd be lovely to go to lots of new different venues. We're actually doing Secret Bird out there in Santa Fe, New Mexico. So mm. we're really looking forward Shh, to that. Oh, yeah, sorry, them. don't tell anyone. Sorry. Um, yeah, don't tell anyone, anybody. But uh, it'd be lovely to take that project out there. Um, it has been done in the States with other people, but it'll be lovely for us to do it out there. With Ali, of course, as the priest as well. The priest. Our newest priest. Yes, so, uh... we've had three priests in the group so far. <laughs> Ali, Ali, let's, 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 let's. Do I get podium finish on that? Well, I suppose I was going to yeah. have to. <laughs> I, I think you had slightly more moves than okay. um, than Owen and Joe had to do. I mean, Joe, Joe was kind of on his way out vocally at the time, so yeah. was, uh, was very much a silent <laughs> priest. Okay, I, I was whispering to everyone all, all welcome. It was all it was very dramatic. Whispering famously good for the voice. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. Well, that's all I could do at the time. I think. It's nice to be able to introduce myself in this particular medium. So I can, uh, you know, I'm sort of six foot two, <laughs> athletic, sort of, uh, sort of Greek god sort, sort of figure. Uh, so just in, just if, if you've seen any photos, they're slightly misleading. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Please stay in touch with us. We're on TikTok. We're on Instagram. We're on pretty much anything that you can find apart from 
OnlyFans. Uh, <laughs> but Joseph would like to create an account, yes, I think, before yes. too long. Look out for our next disc, which is released very soon, um, an Epiphany disc, um, and actually being released whilst we're in the US, which will be exciting for us to go through that process out there. So and it may be that we record our next podcast episode in the US. Probably will. We need to decide what to talk about. Tell us what you'd like to hear. We're all ears on the G6 podcast. Mm-hmm.